Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's my morning routine. Welcome to Maggie and Perloff. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. Lots to get to, including the breaking news that Justin Jefferson, the Vikings wide receiver, is heading to the IR Perloff. It's been a down season for Minnesota. This just adds to it. They're one and four. They're at a major crossroads because their quarterback is not signed after this year. Yeah, I think they're too good to tank, and they're also in a weak division, NFC North. Might as well play it out because they're not. If you don't get Caleb Williams, why tank? What's the point for Drake May? Are you really going to lose intentionally? Okay, well, here's the thing. What are your other options? I don't think they're going to bring Cousins back on these one-year deals and keep doing this over and over again. You've got to at some point reset for the future. You've got these great weapons, Jefferson. You've got Jordan Addison, T.J. Hawkinson, like on the offense. On the offensive side, you're good, but you're young. So it could match up with the timeline to start over with a rookie next year. Yeah, so get it at 10. You're fine. This is a deep rookie class. I I don't think you lose. You know, we say tanking so flippantly, but to actually lose games in front of your fan base, you are selling 80,000 tickets. You have to be really obvious to me. You can't have veteran. You, they have a lot of veteran talent. Yep. You'd have to start trading some of that away. Yeah, so phantom I, IRs and stuff like that. So win six games. At least you, you make it a little more entertaining and get Bo Nix at number 11. What do you think of that? And do you really need to be? You're not going to get number one. You're just too good for that. So what's the point? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you really commit, you can set yourself up for years and years to come. I mean, listen, for any of the teams that have really done this and tanked the suck for luck, tank for Tua, uh, tank for Trevor, all these, like, do you think any of those franchises are regretting this? They're not. And Tua, I know, was dicey there for a minute because of his health concerns, but look at what Miami's doing now. They're on a record-setting pace. The Jacksonville Jaguars clearly won that. I mean, the Jets were trying to tank. They came in second, got Zach Wilson. Look what happened there. Right, but what about all the teams that end up in number two because they tried to tank? I'm just saying you really got to commit to the bit, you know? You got to really go for it because all those teams that did it, I think they felt they they were better off for it. It was better to take that short-term pain. Were those teams in the same situation as Minnesota? Minnesota just played the defending champions to within a touchdown. They've been within it. They beat Carolina easily. They've been within a score of the other uh, the NFC defending champion, Philly. They're not that bad. They're not like the teams you're talking about at all. Well, I don't think it matters really how it looks. You don't have to lose by 50 every game. As long as you lose, you're in good shape. Do you think this is going to happen? <laughs> Which sounds weird coming out of my mouth, but you know what I mean. I think they end up closer to six wins and one win. Well, then, I mean, you're not going to be able to put yourself in the driver's seat. They're fine. They can get somebody at 10. You don't need to be at two, one, two, or three in this draft. And by the way, two and three have been a disaster spot for NFL quarterback drafts. That's like Zach Wilson, Trey one. Lance. Yeah, I mean, 
basically, it's kind of a crapshoot. It's 50-50 of first-round quarterbacks anyway. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that go, and we do no idea who's going to work out. I think you have an indoor stadium. You have a strong quarterback coach. There's no reason, like, they have to get up to number two to get Drake May. I don't think they're going to beat out Arizona and these other teams to get to number one. I mean, come on. They have they have a Pro Bowl quarterback. They have a really great tight end. They have Jordan Addison, wide receiver. They have Alexander Madison, and they got some stars on okay. defense. How are they going to do that? But you're just, uh, that's just this year. Like, you're only, you're thinking too short term here, right? Like, it'll be fine this year if they want to keep going this way. Sure, they can win six games. But ultimately, what does it set you up for? Still more question marks next season. But how do you achieve this tank? You have to trade away veteran players, and you've got to you. How do you execute a tank? You that, that you was were that, part of the process in right, Philadelphia. Right. That you was know it. what? That was all in the off season. I mean that that was well planned out. You know, you can't have a playoff caliber team and all of a sudden say you're tanking. Yeah, but I don't think the Vikings are a playoff caliber team. And no, but they. I mean, last year they made they were thirteen and four. Last year they've been really close in a lot of games. This year there's clearly a lot of Pro Bowl players there. It's not the same. The Sixers had a bunch of CBA players. Uh, actually, it's not the CBA. The <laughs> yeah, G whatever, League players. G-League. Yeah, the Vikings have guys like you know Cousins and Hawkinson and Daniil Hunter. It's not going to be easy for those guys to tank. So keep an eye on the Minnesota Vikings in the major crossroads that they're at. Also, yesterday, the Raiders beat the Packers. But did the win really do much to show you who the Raiders are? I mean, it's a win, sure, they still seem like they're in a directionless as far as the franchise goes. They're incredibly top-heavy. I just mean with a couple good players, elite players at the top, like Max Crosby had a good game. Devontae Adams, we know, is awesome. Josh Jacobs working himself back, I guess, like into form. He's not nearly what he was a year ago. But this Raiders team, we talk about mediocrity. I mean, they don't do anything for me. Josh McDaniels with more head-scratching decisions last night on a decision to kick a field goal um, with under two minutes left to go, and they could have just went for it on a fourth and one, basically, from midfield. It just doesn't get any better here for the Raiders, whether they won last night or not. No, the Raiders, I, I think that starts with ownership, and I don't think that's a hot take by any means. Mark Davis seems like a nice man. But you saw him in the box last night getting frustrated with Josh McDaniels. There's been so many mistakes. I don't know how you start over. So they got rid of Mike Mayock, who made all those bad draft picks. Yep. Great TV analyst, by the way. But made a lot of bad yeah. draft picks as GM. You got rid of the John Gruden era. Josh McDaniels, you know, other teams would have hired Josh McDaniels. It wasn't a crazy hire by any means, but it's not working out. Do you have any faith, though, that the next move is going to work out? Because I think when you look at these franchises that get stuck yeah. And these Myers, it usually starts with ownership, and I think that's the case here. Yeah, it's it's not good all the way around. I, I'll agree with you there. I don't know how, like how directly ownership is responsible for this, but yes, I mean, look at all the turnover they've had in the front office. Clearly, the culture is, you know, I think you can question what's going on in all facets of the Raiders, which is a shame. Six stadium. Really cool. Yeah. By the way, they won last night. There's I know. That. But it didn't feel like it. And then on the flip side, Jordan Love throws three interceptions. I would say one and a half for them was his fault. That offense is stuck in neutral. Yeah, that offense is bad. I'm just telling you, do not put it all on Jordan Love. Get him an elite receiver, and then let's talk. Because Watson and Dobbs are just green. They're yeah. way too young. The offensive line doesn't have Bakhtiari. That offense is a mess. And also give him Aaron Jones back. You could feel Aaron Jones missing last night. I know they had one great drive with A.J. Dillon, yep. but 
Love needs an outlet. He has no easy pass at any given point. That's the thing with the Packers' offense. It just looks really hard. Like yeah. Every, Musgrove, too. Every right? yard is a grind. Musgrove's young. So Drop some passes give, last night. Give them time. This is a rebuild. I don't know if Jordan Love is the future at quarterback, but I don't think you can judge him based on this, just because you don't really have all the pieces around him. No, I can't judge him off of this. I just thought it was going to look a little bit better with him. I knew that the defense would be ahead of the offense in Green Bay, but he's not a rookie. He actually has had some coaching and seasoning. He should be better in this offense, but you're right. He does not have a great receiving If he was a rookie, we'd be like, okay, this is prominent. We'd give him a total pass. If he was a rookie, yeah, this would be his fifth game. This is why we're not making big sweeping judgments on Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, and Bryce Young. He's 24. He played at Utah State. Come on. Well, they took him in the first round. Listen, don't, don't start throwing the But they knew it was going to take a lot of me. time and a lot of experience. They knew that this was going to take some time. Who gets three years to sit it's not, and He's watch? gotten five games. He's still younger than a lot of the young quarterbacks around the league. He's the same age as Brock Purdy. I mean, it's not like – I know he's in his third year technically, but it's a different case. Mm, I don't think so. I don't give him that grace on that side of things. I'll give him grace because the receivers are not good. Um, and the offense is just, uh, I don't know who he has that's reliable right now, but I thought he should have looked a lot more poised. You get the ball back two minutes at midfield with one timeout on a gift because the Raiders kicker doinked a 52-yard field goal. I think that a third-year, excuse me, fourth-year quarterback should be able to put together some kind of a drive there. Okay. But he's, and he threw a pick in the end zone instead and sealed the I victory for the Raiders. But you really consider him a fourth-year quarterback? Like I like do. Yes, I do. Because a guys, the guys who get thrown out there, like the Anthony Richardsons and stuff who get thrown out week one, Bryce Young, those are the guys I feel bad for. They don't have a prayer for the yeah, most part. Yeah, but Jordan part. Love has not looked like a rookie. I mean, he's had some decent moments here. Even last night, he, he, you know, you're like, oh, this is the worst game I've ever seen a quarterback play. Then in the second half, he starts making a few plays here and there. He's got a great arm. Okay, so But Bo- start making a few plays here and there. Like, he's a professional quarterback in the NFL. He's a starter. Of course he should be ma- able to make a couple plays. He is basically about a year older than both Bo Nix and Michael Penix, who are playing this weekend. He's, he could be in college. Yeah. He's not really a fourth-year quarterback. That's just a reality. I'm sorry. He's a very young player. I know. And he's only had six games. I understand. Just to say he that declared he's a, for the draft. Like, I, I don't know what you want me to say. He's young. You, it was his decision to come out of college. I'm just saying, when you when you view where he's going to go, like, you can't be like, you know, it's not going to be like a senior coming out of college who's not ready in four years. It's like a, a kid who did not have a lot of experience. Same with Trey Lance. Trey Lance has barely played any football. Yep. So until he gets a lot more reps, we're not going to know. Yeah, and I don't know where he's going to get those. Um, speaking of college, let's flip over to the college football side of things for a moment. If I were to ask you who has been the most disappointing team in college Ooh. football, Perloff, I think there is one obvious answer here. I feel like uh, the powers haven't really disappointed us yet, so I'm curious about who you're going with. I think it has to be LSU. Okay. LSU was coming off a surprise trip to the SEC championship game last year. Brian Kelly comes back for year two. They're preseason top five in the country. They start off the year with a loss to Florida State, 45-24. Then they get into a shootout with Ole Miss that they lose 55-49. to It took every ounce and every moment for them to come back against Mizzou on the road, which I know could be a tough place to play. 49 to 39, they end up winning that game. 
And here's another reason why I think LSU has been disappointing. The SEC is kind of down this year with quarterbacks. It's not like there's this great, amazing quarterbacks. And Jaden Daniels is the best. And they so they have the best quarterback in the mm. SEC, and they still already have two losses. To me, I think this is disappointing for LSU. Uh, okay, they're four and two. They're still ranked. They lost at the road on the road to a ranked Ole Miss team, and they had a tough game against a ranked, really good, well coached Missouri team. So, I am not sure I can kill them here. So once they lost to Florida State, that so then I almost said to myself, "Oh, they're not winning the national title this year." So, what do you expect them? Like, where do they need to be under? Were they already in a championship or bus mode? I think they were. The championship or bust might be a little bit harsh, but definitely competing for the SEC championship game again. And I don't know if that's going to happen now with these two losses. Well, they have one conference loss. Yep. So I'm not sure that's actually true. We'll see. There's a lot of football left. Also, they're about to, to they have Auburn coming up. Auburn can be a little spicy, then Army. So you got to think they're going to be six and two, then a big showdown November 4th at Alabama. To me, they win that game, they're right back on track with where you want to be. So I'm not ready to totally bury them. I think it's interesting. If you look at who are the, the most disappointing teams, they're not disappointing at all because they haven't lost. But is Ohio State's offense and USC's defense what you expected this year? <laughs> well, um, USC's defense, maybe. I mean, Lincoln Riley has never really shown that defense was his thing. Right, sure. but wasn't there a lot of reports that they were recruiting a lot of guys and trying to fix it this year? So that's been disappointing to me. And also, Ohio State's offense as a national, uh, as a powerhouse that yeah. should contend for a title, that's scaring me as well. Is that your most disappointing? I, I think so, because there really, there isn't, LSU might be the one, but there isn't a national title contender who's completely bowed out yet, who's lost a game. Is there, because you still have Did you most, not think Clemson was going to be in the no, national title conversation? No, not, not for a second. I mean, come on. Dabo doesn't even understand the transfer portal. <laughs> no, he understands it. He chooses not to engage. To me, the national title came down. I mean, honestly, if you're going to look at a national title contender that's disappointing, it's Alabama's loss to Texas and Alabama looking pedestrian in a lot of their wins. But it's Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia. Have any of those teams looked in any risk of losing a game? No, I mean, I think there would probably be some Penn State diehards who would tell you they feel like they're right there, too. Yeah, I don't know if the offense is going to be good enough. Yet. Ohio State should have lost to Notre Dame. I take that back. Yeah. So Ohio State's the one. But, I mean, Michigan and Georgia have not been threatened at all yet, really. So, well, I miss... I know oh, you guys thought Kentucky was going to. It didn't happen. Georgia had one close game. I mean, Georgia will sort of play with its food in close games. By the way, Carson Beck, my preseason Heisman hopeful... Maybe not a Heisman hopeful, but I think the NFL started to sniff around that guy. Uh, so, yeah, to me, like college football is playing out a little bit like we expected so far. Would you say it's been a, a surprising season? Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, for a few reasons. I think that Colorado being two games away That's from being bowl eligible surprise. is That's probably the major surprise. Uh, besides that, I think that there were probably some people who were a little shocked that Texas beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. I don't think that was necessarily a given. Yeah. Uh, so that has been a surprise. But then Texas goes and loses to Oklahoma, what was a fantastic game. Um, maybe Oklahoma a bit of a surprise? Yeah, I, I mean, I think definitely. I think Georgia, I, if Georgia stays undefeated, then at the end of the year we're going to go, okay, this year kind of went as scripted. That's that's to me like what we're talking about here is we really need to see one of these teams that should not lose. Texas beating Alabama that is not was it a close shock two years ago? But. Yeah, if we see Georgia lose or if we see Michigan lose to one of these scrub teams, then it's a shock to me. It's kind of following script. It's interesting about LSU because I agree with you. Jaden Daniels is the man. He's amazing. 
But I didn't see Brian Kelly winning it this year, which actually begs the question, if he's not going to win with a really excellent Jaden Daniels this year, are they ever going to win in LSU, Maggie? Great question. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, so coming up, we've got headlines and more from last night's game, plus the Justin Jefferson injury. Also, Devon Achan looks like he might be headed to the IR also from the Miami Dolphins, so we've got the latest there. Later on this hour, the president... CEO of AEW, Tony Khan, is going to join us. Also co-owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Fulham FC. If soccer is your thing, don't worry, we're not going to talk about soccer. Uh, He's going to join us a little bit later on in the show. If you want to watch that interview, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio is where you can do it. Okay, coming up, more from last night's game and that Justin Jefferson injury. Don't move. It's Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Daily. Do you believe in that? Dion. You believe in that? This portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. All right, Maggie, what's Dion up to today? Well, Dion talking about Shador Sanders and the fact that the quarterback has really had to save them after they've dug themselves in first half holes. Every drive is key. Every drive is key. He always does this. You've seen this every during week, man. This ain't new to you. You've seen this every week. You see him do this every week. It's like we waiting on him to put on his cape and do what he does. That's what he does every week. You guys should be accustomed to it by now. It's not. It's like a heart attack waiting yeah. to happen, though, when they get in these big holes. Shador now six games. He's completing 73% of his passes. He's got 16 touchdowns to two interceptions. You know, Dion has sounded really angry ever since that Arizona State game. Like, he was not happy with that result. Called it very mediocre. Yeah. That's Meanwhile, they're two games from bowl eligibility and play Stanford this week. Oh, yeah, So yeah. this is looking good for them. It's interesting. We wondered early in the season, you know, what if Dion loses? Will he be able to handle it? And the fact that he can't even really handle close wins, like he's got a high bar, Maggie. Like, he, the dude's got to win a championship the way he talks. And I, not, I'm saying he probably can. But he's one of those coaches who is not going to take losses easily. No, yes, you could tell that this one really got to him. Um, Definitely. He said you can't stand the mediocrity. Now, there's another part of this, which is Dion is an excellent salesman. So, yes, I'm sure mediocrity probably eats at him. But at the same time, he's also trying to sell something, which is Colorado is a place where winners go or that they're not going to accept anything less than that. So is it real? Is it just Dion being a bit of a showman? Probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. 
I, I think that's all true. I do think he's a master salesman, but I think losing is really hard for a guy like that who's won his entire life. He's probably the best salesman in sports. I would say mm. definitely because he's got the gravitas and credentials that very few coaches have from his playing career. We don't see guys who are that good generally get into coaching, especially on the college side. And he, I think, sells like hopes and dreams to people, and they believe it. You're you're ready to say that after six games at yeah. Colorado? He's the best salesman in sports. I don't know. Who, who was it before him? Saban? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Saban comes in with the six titles. You're like, all right, here are the Nick rings. Nick Saban was your competition? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Because Nick, Nick Saban's recruiters, yes. Yeah. I would say maybe Ed Orgeron, who's the master recruiter of all time. Uh, I have no idea. So Orgeron, though, flew, flew too close to the sun after the national championship, though. Yeah, wait till he get, he, that dude could recruit. I mean, obviously, Marcus Freeman is an insane recruiter right now. He's got the number two class at Notre Dame. So I don't know. I'm not sure he's publicly selling this and he's got these recruiting things. Yeah, we'll just see. To call him the best salesman, I just want to see him sort of have a little more, give it a little time here. I don't think so. D-Cell, you look like you want to get in on this. Six games in, he's already hit the over on the three-and-a-half win total for the entire season. And, I mean, he's he's a guy who's, you know, they've lost to USC, an ultra-competitive game, coming to the podium after a loss. All I wanted to do was hear Dion talk. Like, yeah. he's got this charisma, and it's all for recruiting, like you guys said, but hmm. he's got that it factor where it almost, at this point, they've already had the success that we didn't expect it almost doesn't matter what happens the rest of the season. So you're another one of those, you're one of the many people who wants to crown him after a seven-point loss to USC and oh, hold I'm a parade down in Boulder. I'm all in. Oh, boy. I, I'm, I'm there with D-Cell. I mean, I think How he's... How can you not be? I think he's already proven to everyone that he can you guys do understand, this at a high level. You guys understand that there is an organization in this sport and there's a, there's a Final Four and they're going to crown an actual champion who wins all the <laughs> games. And Dion doesn't get, like, a participation. We're talking Man, about, he's really fun in a press conference. Let's give him a, a ring. We're talking about best players on the roster. Yeah. One win team last season, and he's going to be bowl eligible this year. That's a massive, massive win. Think about... Like, some of these bowls, like, no disrespect to them. I'm not going to name which one, but, like, nobody's watching these, right? Like, very few. Unless you have some real betting interest on some of these obscure bowls. But imagine Dion is in one of these obscure bowls. They're going to get total eyeballs. It's going to be huge. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with any of that. But they beat a 1-5 in five Arizona State team by a hair. And then had Shador, like, out there flashing his watch to, I the, just uh, think, to the crowd. Yeah, I just think it's much. people like you two who are jumping a little too much into this. Hey, I just feel like it's too much. One thing that I'll get behind you, you had a great point, which is Dion's kind of like openly begging that Shador go back to college. Yeah. Because like, what are they without Shador? And Dion just said it in that clip we played. Like, he's got to put his Superman cape on and all these second halves and get them back into these games uh, in a lot of ways. Like, I, he's not going to have a better quarterback than Shador next year if Shador goes to the draft. Yeah, we had actually an off-air disagreement. Shador, I think he desperately wants to be number one overall, and I think he knows Cale Williams. Dion even said this. Cale Williams is going to be number one this year, so he's got to go back just to be number one next year. There's nobody. He's not going to have nearly the same competition next if, year. If that is his like one, number one goal in life, who am I to yuck your yums? But that's misguided, and Dion should actually have someone talk some sense into him because mm-hmm. Tom Brady is the guy who he's like been texting with and calling. Tom Brady obviously, like, who cares where you're drafted? It's what you do when you get there. Tom Brady, his mentor, is the living example of that. So that 
to, to just to go back to school just to be number one overall, that's a, that's a silly reason. So if he goes in this year's draft and he's, say, the number 12 pick, yeah. he'll get... What, to a 20, better team, probably. He'll get like a five-year, $25 million contract. He could, he's going to make $13 million next year at Colorado. So the money doesn't even make sense. Yeah, but he's hoping to start the clock on a career that's going to last 10 years. Don't you want to get to your second contract where you're going to get Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow money, yeah. you're hoping, and that's going to blow all this stuff out of the water? He's already rich. It doesn't It doesn't matter. He's Not all the like pros. That. I mean, the pros kids don't care. Peyton Manning went back and Andrew Luck went back because their dads were millionaires. Uh, Andrew Luck was surefire number one. He would have gone in 2010, and he went back because his dad is a multi-multi-millionaire. Shador, what does Shador care? He's already driving a Maybach. Does he, <laughs> is he worried about this this money thing at all? He's going to make 12. He, I think he could make, he'll make so much NIL money next year. He's already in Kentucky Fried com, uh, Chicken commercials. Can you imagine with D-Cell hyping him up for six months, how much marketing money he's going to be worth? By I'm talking about September? getting to your second NFL contract, which is $200 million guaranteed. Who knows what it will be by the time he gets there. He's fine. He's going to make plenty of money in the NFL. He has a chance to do something unprecedented in Colorado. And now I'm sounding like Dion. He, he's got to go back. Why, why does he want to be the number 13 pick to Minnesota when he could be the number one overall pick next year? That's a big honor. Andrew Bogish is here with some headlines. Good morning, folks. Good morning again. Viking stud wideout Justin Jefferson, as you might have heard by now, expected to land on IR because of Sunday's right hamstring injury. He'll have to miss four games, which will take Minnesota right up to the October 31st trade deadline. Already one and four. A sell-off does seem smart. Would that include dealing Kirk Cousins, who does have a no-trade clause. We're also hearing this morning that Dolphins running back Devon Achan could end up on IR as well because of a knee injury suffered during Sunday's win over the Giants. Just four catches, just 45 yards in his first game against the Packers, but at least it was a win, and Devontae Adams had a good time. It was hard not to be friendly with a couple of those guys out there just because I'm so used to being on the same time, on the, on the same side of the field with them. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of respect out there on, on both sides, so it was good. Good to see him. Good to chop it up before and after. Jimmy Garoppolo's lone touchdown pass went to Jacoby Myers while Josh Jacobs ran for the decisive point, but the Raiders didn't win until Jordan Love threw his third pick into the end zone with 44 seconds left. Sorry, one quick thing. Devontae Adams is in all these Taco Bell commercials, and there's like the, the theme is there's a Taco Bell in his house. First of all, that sounds great, but like your whole house is going to smell like Taco Bell 24-7. <laughs> Once in a while is fine. If you could pick any fast food to literally be in your home, would it be Taco Bell? It wouldn't be Taco Bell because there's not enough diversity. On the menu? Like Wendy's, you can get a hamburger, you can go nuggets, mm. you get the... Baked potato. Uh, bake, you get a Frosty if you need. They've yeah. got breakfast now. There's probably a little more variety there. Plus, it's almost like Richie Rich, right, who had McDonald's in his house. Was that the comic book? Did he really? No, Wait. in the movie with, oh, with Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, but, he had but, McDonald's in his house. Can we get Chipotle? Yeah, sure. And what about Starbucks? Well, I mean, one. now you're being greedy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I would do Starbucks one. I think I would do Chipotle two. I do Taco Bell over when, I mean, Imagine how Taco- caffeinated you would walk around your house if you had a Starbucks in there. You'd be vibrating. <laughs> Except for the smell of Taco Bell. I don't know why. You guys are crazy not to want a Taco Bell in your house. That would be unbelievable. Well, I, I agree with Bogus. Not enough variety. I'm sorry. Back to the headlines, sir. Uh, where were we? Oh, two things had never happened in a baseball playoff history until last night in Atlanta. The Braves were down four without a hit through five innings, but rallied to win 5-4. That type of comeback 
is a first. So was the game-ending 8-5-3 double play. Looking into his catcher, ready to fire, 2-2. In the air, out towards right center field. Harris going to go back. Harris back to the warning track. He leaps. Michael's got it! He's got it! They fired it in, and it rolls across the infield. Taken by Riley. He throws to the back! They double him off! Ball game over! That's from Braves Radio. The Pearl off on color. First ever postseason game ending double play involving an outfielder. All of that let the Braves salvage a split in their home stadium. Again, a 5-4 final over the Phillies. No heroics in L.A. The Dodgers in an 0-2 hole after a 4-2 loss to the Diamondbacks. So Dave Roberts in danger of another postseason disappointment. Some of our guys have been in this spot before as far as facing elimination. And I think it just, you know, we just got to pitch better and, uh, you know, at times and, and, uh, you know, take better bets. I think that we just got, we have the guys that can do it. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman won for 13 through two games. And the Dodgers starters ERA is 40.50, the worst ever (laughs) through the first two games of a series. I didn't know ERAs got up to 40. (laughs) They went up that high. Thank God they got some outs. Could be infinity. Uh, The AL Division Series play game three today. The Astros and Twins break their tie in Minneapolis at 3 Central. The Rangers can sweep the Orioles in Arlington at 7. And most importantly, we now know why we heard that Creed song yesterday. The the reference came during Mitch Garver's Grand Slam on Sunday because, unfortunately for the rest of us, Creed became the Rangers Clubhouse soundtrack as they fought through some late-season struggles. So now we may be overrun with Creed music during this game tonight. I'd lose 100 games if that was my pump-up music. It would have the opposite effect on me. I'd go in and just completely... uh, It'd be stuck in my head. I'd be distracted. (laughs) I mean, the Marlins won with Creed as their front man in 2003. I mean, he's had some success. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was proven. I'm sure Miguel Cabrera had nothing to do with it. Uh, (laughs) 19 minutes of preseason action for Victor. Sell your mama for Webb and Yama last night in OKC. Victor (laughs) Webb. Web and Yama. Thank you, Peter Schwartz. Uh, 20 <laughs> points, five boards, and a one-point loss. Not surprisingly, Greg Popovich limited praise postgame. I thought it was he was fine. He just went out and played. You know, no big game plan for him or anything like that. He just played basketball, uh, which... He likes to do what he's good at. Oh, man. Popovich isn't going to suck the fun out of Wembenyama, is he? Yes, he is. Oh, no. Welcome. (laughs) And the NHL season begins tonight with a triple header, including number one pick Connor Bedard debuting when Chicago plays in Pittsburgh and the Golden Knights raise their Stanley Cup banner against Seattle. Guys, back to you. Andrew Bogish, thank you so much for those headlines. Let's get to our shot of the day, shall we? He shoots! The show of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. Today's shot of the day came from one of our loyal listeners and callers. Jay in Nashville was pulling up to work early. For some reason, didn't have his clothes on. Good morning. I'm literally in the parking lot of my job putting my pants on and no shirt on, looking like a homeless sex freak in the parking lot or whatever. But <laughs> Listen, we'll, we'll vouch for you. We'll bail you out. I, don't worry. I don't know after that description, Jay. <laughs> I trust. Jay's my emergency contact now. I trust Jay. 
<laughs> nah, there's a lady parked right next to me looking over here like, man, what the hell is he doing? But nah, this is like only my <laughs> second day on the job, so I like got to be careful. But nah, it's early yes, in the morning. Please don't get arrested like, for indecent exposure your second day on the job. We can only do so much for you, Jay. Meanwhile, we found out some more details. Jay said he was wearing his pajamas to work and a T-shirt that says, your mom is my cardio. <laughs> <laughs> that got everyone's attention. Good morning, oh, everybody. Jay. Wow. Sick burn. Jay. It's just funny being at the T-shirt store and be like, hmm, I can do white, blue, yellow, yeah. your mom is my cardio, purple. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Uh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take your mom's my cardio. Yeah, there's not much you can say after someone tells you that. Do you like tip of the cap that guy? Oh yeah. Like when you see him in the store, it's I, like, tip of the cap. Sir. I love a good mother joke. I would love to do them <laughs> on Twitter, but I I always write them out and then I take them back because I get just sh- shredded every day. I'm not sure why, but I'd be like, <laughs> it's just yeah. having a public facing yeah. job. Pearl, if I hate I hate your show. Of, well, that's not what your mom said or something yeah, like something simple like that. I want to do it every single tweet, but I hold back. Jay does not. <laughs> <laughs> 855-2124-CBS. Okay, coming up, got a treat for you. Uh, the head of not only the co-owner, uh, one of the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars, also the founder, CEO, president. He does it all for AEW. Tony Khan is going to join us in just a moment. The Jacksonville Jaguars in Europe. A match made in heaven. Will we see more of it in the future? We'll ask Tony. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. Welcome back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Maggie and Perloff, new morning show here on CBS Sports Radio. I I think it's been going great. We've got uh, Vikings news for you. we got Packers Raiders from last night, Perloff. But I was told by uh, Amy Lawrence, who does overnights, that apparently doing morning shifts means you're going to gain weight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No yeah, one told I mean, us this before we took the show. You saw the hard knocks with J.J. Watt. The entire key to fitness is how many hours of sleep you get. I totally get that. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel the urge to like, well, now that you mentioned, actually. I no, it's not even very that. hungry. You get the same calorie intake, same exercise. If you get six hours, uh, you'll have a lower metabolism than if you get nine hours. So you could do everything the same. But and- if you sleep less, then you'll put on weight. I mean, and information we could have used a couple weeks ago, everybody. You won't live as long either. Oh, lovely. Thank but you, you don't that. care about that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm having a good time now. So, I mean, I think that's all that matters. Um, where do I go from there? Justin Jefferson. He is going to be on the IR now for the next four weeks. He's got a hamstring injury, and he suffered it against the Kansas City Chiefs. And listen, this was a team where people were trying to get Kirk Cousins off of this team and onto another team when Justin Jefferson was fully healthy. So now that they're one and four and the season's at a major crossroads, be prepared for the Kirk Cousins trade stuff to come back around. Now, the problem is the Jets were really the number one team he was getting kind of matched up with. And the Jets are coming off of a win. I know it's the Broncos. Are they really going to pull the trigger now on a Kirk Cousins trade when they weren't willing to do this a week or two ago? Yeah, and is he the right quarterback for this situation? Because he doesn't know the system. He's yeah. a bit stationary. I think you could sell yourself on Zach Wilson as being a fine option. If you get, you're not going to give him a first round pick, 
for Kirk Cousins. God, no, point. he's a rental. You don't even get the full season. That's what I'm saying. But the Vikings might not want to do this for – they're not going to do it for a third. So I'm not sure of this. I think the interesting Vikings player is Daniel Hunter, the pass rusher, who's yeah. awesome. What if he's available? I mean, there are a lot of teams, like your Buffalo Bills, who could add a finisher like that. Uh, I think contenders would love that guy. Yeah, we'll be seeing how many calls the Vikings will be getting at this time of the year. And they're one in four, but there's a couple teams out there that are one or four. The Arizona Cardinals are one in four. The Patriots are one in four. You know, you got this big prize here with Caleb Williams, but how dedicated would teams be to a tank? Because you really have to get dedicated in this year. Yeah, it's so funny. In my mind, office. In my mind it's going to be the Bears mm. because they have that Panthers pick. But the Panthers, coming down the end of the season, will have no incentive to lose games, so they're going to be playing full on. Will it matter? I think it might. They're playing the t- full on right now, and they're 0-5. Right, but at the end of the season, when everybody's into their backups, then maybe they'll be able to win some games. And Arizona, Arizona, I know they played really well, but are they going to be putting up a full effort come the end of the season? Say that they're 1-8, and eight, they're going to really slow down. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's something about Arizona, this like sort of scrappy team, new head coach, everyone trying to prove themselves maybe to they have a new uh, GM also, everyone trying to put some good stuff out on film like, hey, even though we're not good, I deserve to still have a job and be here. Maybe you get still like their best effort even so, if the season looks dead. How come you were so earlier in the show being like, well, the Vikings should figure out any way to lose. How come you're not saying the same thing about Arizona? It sounds like you're almost praising Arizona for their effort. No, I think that Arizona could very well end up with the number one overall pick with that good effort. Like They could <laughs> keep putting in that great effort, and they're not going to be able to sneak up on people like they did with the Cowboys. Uh, okay, let's turn our attention to friend of the show, someone we love to check in with. It's Tony Khan. He's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's also the owner, CEO, and GM of AEW. Got a massive one tonight, Tony where AEW Dynamite is now going to be on Tuesdays tonight, which is pretty cool. How are you doing? Doing great, Maggie. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Okay, some Jacksonville Jaguars questions first before we get to AEW. This was obviously a very, very good road trip for your Jags. Uh, in London, you go 2-0. and You beat my Buffalo Bills, Tony. Mm. But <laughs> where is this all headed? Because this was the first time that you've done back-to-back weeks in London, and it went great. It was awesome. It went really well for the Jaguars. We won back-to-back games in London. The first game we played at Wembley Stadium, the second game at Tottenham. The Jags have a great history playing in London. It always works out well, but we were able to do it where the city of Jacksonville still kept almost the whole home schedule. Uh, We played a home game at Wembley Stadium, a road game uh, with Buffalo this week, and we're coming back and playing a home game this weekend against the Indianapolis Colts in Jacksonville and hopefully keep the good momentum going. You know, last year it seemed like the team bonds in London or something. It just, everything felt right after that trip last year. Same thing going to happen this year. I think they were a lot, maybe a little bit of a slower start than you might have expected. Can you expect the Jags to just sort of get it all together coming back to America now? I definitely think so. It feels like the team's in a really good place. And you're right. Last year we came back from the trip to London and the team played really well. It involved a lot of crazy comeback wins. We set the record for double-digit home comeback wins last year, and I think we can really keep the good momentum going. This year, it feels like coming back from London, uh, things are in a really good place for the Jaguars. 
Tony Khan is joining us, owner and stats for the Jacksonville Jaguars, owner, CEO, and GM of AEW. Got a big one tonight, AEW Dynamite on Tuesday, which is cool. A lot of good things going on with AEW. Uh, last one for you, though, Tony, about the Jags, which is we can see where this is going, right? Like the NFL loves these games overseas. It just feels like it keeps picking up momentum. And your team was kind of the first team to really plant their flag over there. Like, where is this headed? Is a team going to end up in London full time? I don't think so. I think what we've got going is a great situation where we have a great home schedule in Jacksonville, really supportive fans who've been behind the team last year, this year, and have been a big part of this turnaround. And we have a great thing going in London. I think playing back-to-back games worked really, really well. And now we're really excited to have a home game in Jacksonville too this week and hopefully keep it going. It feels like we built a great tradition for the Jaguars, uh, We've been going to Wembley Stadium in particular for many years, since 2013. So 10 years now of the Jaguars in London. Mm. And speaking of Wembley Stadium, and you mentioned AEW tonight on TBS. Earlier this year, AEW set the all-time world record for tickets sold for any wrestling event in that same venue, Wembley Stadium. So it's been very good to us, Wembley Stadium. Wait, Tony, was the guy was the guy who had his face painted like a Jaguar? Was he there for that <laughs> AEW card and also for the game on Sunday? Because that guy could be an AEW wrestler, maybe, or at least a hype man. If that guy wants to reach out, I would love to get the, him involved with AEW. Uh, I had a friend <laughs> send a photo. It might have been one of my friend's dads. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we will try to help you, Tony. We use the power of the microphone to try to find that Jags fan. Uh, Okay, we were super excited. I was because I'm a big wrestling fan. And when Adam Copeland signed the deal with AEW, you got, I mean, he's massive. He's been someone who's been in my life as a wrestler almost my whole life. How did this go down behind the scenes? Well, not long after AEW Grand Slam up there in New York, we had Adam Copeland reach out. He was out of contract. He is one of the most popular and, frankly, uh, one of the most successful wrestlers of all time. To have Adam Copeland come here to AEW, it's a huge deal for us. And tonight on TBS, he makes his debut. He's only wrestled in one place, WWE, for decades. And tonight's the first time he's ever wrestled on TV anywhere else. And it's on TBS tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, Usually AEW's on Wednesdays, but tonight is a special title Tuesday. And like you said, the debut of the rated R superstar, Adam Copeland, one of the greatest wrestlers of my lifetime, coming to AEW. And it's just a stacked show from top to bottom. We're commercial free for at least the first 30 minutes. I may even go a bit longer than that without a commercial. And on top of that, we got a big overrun. So we're going past the 10 o'clock hour tonight. It's going to be such a great show on TBS tonight. And I just really appreciate both of you having me on this morning to talk about AEW on TBS. So, Tony, you're going head-to-head with WWE tonight. When you think about the rivalry, I'm following it on social media. It is getting chippy. Is it uh, an attitude of, we got to take the other one down? Or do you think the rivalry could kind of help both organizations? I think wrestling is doing really well right now. It's a great time for the business and a great time to be a wrestling fan, which is what we wanted when we started AEW. And I think it's worked. And now for us in AEW, normally, like I said, we would do the show tomorrow on Wednesday, but they moved us to tonight. It's a rare thing to time shift to Tuesday. And I think everybody's really taken the spirit of it. Everybody's up for a big fight. And that's what wrestling's all about. 
and our fans have really rallied around AEW. We're on the best run of major events in the history of the company from Forbidden Door, June 25th in Toronto. We did All In in London, All Out Chicago, and just came off Wrestle Dream in Seattle. These are all classic shows, and we're going to keep it going tonight in Kansas City for AEW Dynamite Title Tuesday tonight on TBS. And Tony Khan is joining us here. We just got a minute or two left, Tony, and thanks for waking up earlier, though. I think you're kind of up like 24 hours a day because you're in multiple time zones in multiple cities. Um you know, as great as it is, Adam Copeland coming to AEW, I'm excited about that. That was someone I, I've watched for a long time. Jade Cargill, who's this up-and-comer, lost her to WWE. Is there anything you would have done differently there? I think uh, we did everything we had to do. You know, we made a great offer to Jade. I completely understand she had another strong offer, and there's no ill will. Jade's a great wrestler, and wishing her the best and very excited for her, everything she does in the future. And frankly, she's also always welcome back here in AEW. I think Jade's great. Tony, I hear it's your birthday, by the way. One of my best friends, Todd Fritz of the Dan Patrick Show's 1010. It's also Brett Favre and Dale Earnhardt Jr. It is a day for famous birthdays. Is there anyone I'm missing? Uh, that's a pretty good threesome there. <laughs> that's a great threesome. Uh, Kevin Clark, of the of, formerly of The Ringer and The Wall oh. Street Journal. 1010, not that, you know, not... Brett Favre. Uh, yeah, Brett Favre. Yeah, I think that's good... yeah, absolutely. Brett Favre, childhood hero. What's the best birthday gift you've ever gotten? Wow, what a great question. Honestly, uh, when the network told me I could go 30 minutes commercial free, <laughs> that was pretty good. We were just talking about who's the best salesman in sports. We settled on Deion Sanders. I think it might be Tony Khan. Tony, <laughs> uh, enjoy your birthday. Thank you for getting up early with us. Although, again, I think you're up all the time. AEW Dynamite, a special Tuesday edition, starts at 8 o'clock. Thank you, Meg. Bye, Andrew. Tony, Thanks, Tony, thank you so much. Again, that I mean, was going to be very fun tonight. You're right. He definitely is challenging Dion. He's good. He knows what he's talking Wait, about. Listen, Tony just told us there, that guy with the Jacksonville Jaguars face paint, I mean, that effort is not going to go unnoticed here by Tony. If we yeah. could find that guy, Tony said he, he'd, you know, do something for him. Was he kidding when he said it was one of his friends' dad? <laughs> I don't know. Because Maybe he's got some cool friends. It wasn't just the outfit. It was the way that guy held himself was super creepy. I know. It he was, was like still. his statue. Yes. He'd be great. I, if he shows up tonight, that'll be awesome. All right. Well, we'll put that out on our social. I mean, it, the world's a small place now. We got to find this guy. Thank you to Tony Khan. Thank you to Tom DeCelestino. Thanks, DeCel. Thank you to Peter Bellotti. Thank you to Andrew Bogish and to Andrew Kaplan as well. The Weedos and the coffee drinkers and the callers. Just all around great effort today. Appreciate it so much. We'll be back tomorrow. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.